Let's get some insights on the biggest news shaping the markets thus far. And for that, we welcome in Ben Emmons, Managing Director of Global Macro Strategy at Medley Global Advisors. Ben, so glad you were able to be on with us today because this jobs report, of course, I wait all month for it, uh, you know, sinking my teeth into what goes on here. And the themes are evident, the revisions are evident because they basically revised every single time the prior month's higher with the exception of March. But this 199 print of jobs added, that was weaker than expected. But then you had unemployment at 3.9%. What do you make of what's going on? Hey, Nicole, um, and Happy New Year, by the way. Um, yeah, this jobs report shows that the underlying trends are good, as you mentioned. Like, so leisure continues to add uh, jobs, and there's in the wholesale trade and several other sectors a continuous job gains. I think in the broader picture, there's some effect, I guess, from this net revision uh, issue of like how they count jobs during the survey period. So maybe there's a somewhat of a statistical effect today that we're seeing. I wouldn't dismiss this report, though, and I think that the way Treasury yields are reacting now is that it does show that we probably are at full employment because the labor market's just really tight, and we may be reaching what they call maximum employment, right? Like there's many people that can be employed in the future. So I do think the market is taking it as this is a key for rate rises in the real near future, possibly as early as March or right after that. Right. Yeah, and they're looking at the Fed maybe uh, with four rate hikes, right, including one in December, as you said, March, beginning in March all the way through to December, where the Fed will be quite aggressive in trying to tame inflation. The wage growth that we saw in this print today of 0.6 percent really does indicate that very tight market that you were talking about, because that's very strong growth. Um, you had a few charts that you wanted us to take a look at, including um, you had the household survey versus the labor market momentum wages and the labor force participation rate. Can you quickly talk us through those three charts, a thought on each? Yeah, it's, these are interesting dynamics there, Nicole, because, you know, if you take just the wages, start with that. Right? They, they actually surprised a bit more to the upside. And if you look at the NFIB survey that came out yesterday, that small companies do have plans to increase wage compensation in the foreseeable future, then that Atlanta Fed wage tracker, as it showed there, is a pretty strong relationship there. So it does point that we're probably going to hit something like 5% on, on a year-on-year change in wage growth. That will take us back to the highest since the 90s. And that's, of course, positive in the sense for the economy in terms of the incomes, right? Our incomes are rising. Then uh, on labor force participation, this is the key focus within the Fed, where you know, we've had this huge drop in labor force participation because of the shutdown and, and the, yeah, the reopening, not bringing everybody back at the same time. But if you look at that 12 and six month change, it really is starting to pick up, though. So it does look like people are re-entering and are coming back despite Omicron, Delta, you know, challenges in people perhaps being still sidelined largely. I think that group of people sidelined is actually shrinking. That's what that labor force participation does show. And then lastly, right. you do have the, the, the revision change, like, yeah, household versus uh, employer or establishment survey, there's always a bit of a difference there. But the momentum in the labor market, according to that Fed indicator, continues to be, you know, positive, if not, not really turning anything down, right, despite tightening labor market, because, you know, too tight labor market could Let actually me... take momentum out. So looks good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it does look mostly good. And I, 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 you know, like that you're looking at the labor force participation rate over a longer period, 
because I would like to know that people who want jobs and want full-time jobs are actually getting them, particularly when you still have those jolts at, what, 10 and a half million or something like that. Um, I, one thing that concerns me about today's report is that it really um, gauges through the middle of December. It really did not remotely capture the panic that's set in during Omicron, right? So I wonder if this will then be revised, but not in a good way, because Omicron really put the holidays on hold, uh, reservations on hold, people going to work on hold. Um, so it didn't reflect Omicron, is what I'm saying. So we could maybe get something going forward that might reflect what really happened. Could well be, and I do agree with that. Like, we've had this before, that if you're in the survey period that, yeah, excludes something of a major change, in this case, Omicron. And we did see that there was a fair bit of, of shutdown activity happening, forced by actually people getting sick of Omicron, couldn't go to work, right? That was really the reason and that's particularly in the, in the leisure hospitality sector or airlines. Yeah. And so we will see that impact coming through. But there were two interesting points this week, Nicole, that came out of the ISM and the ISM Services Index. The employment components in both of those indices were actually up or, or stayed the same. And that was in the survey period where Omicron was exploding, right? So there is maybe a silver lining there that we get some, you yeah. know, slowdown in job growth the next month that we see that show up in this payroll report. But the underlying trend stays strong, interestingly, despite Omicron. Yeah, yeah. You know, Ben, uh, I've read your reports. You put out plenty of reports all the time. And one uh, featured Bitcoin. And I know you focus on cryptocurrencies as well. You follow all, all parts of the market. I think the crypto story is an interesting one, particularly when you see the sell-off that's been occurring. And I think Bitcoin investors who were hoping for 100,000 and 150,000, they're trying to display some patience. But over the last month or so, they've had volatility. In fact, uh, right now we saw it at 41,000 and change at the lowest level since probably last September. And the question is, uh, what are you hearing about investing in crypto in different ways, whether it's through Bitcoin or Coinbase or uh, some of the others. Um, at the same time, we have the other story, and that is the Central Asian nation of Kazakhstan, where people left from China and they went to Kazakhstan because China actually um, banished all the cryptocurrency miners. And then they went over to Kazakhstan, and you have all kinds of protests happening about fuel. The, the miners are caught in the middle, and that's weighing on this crypto. So I start to wonder, is this a short-term issue, a long-term issue? What are your thoughts and what are you hearing? Yeah, if you start with Kazakhstan, that's an interesting dynamic in terms of how it affects Bitcoin, because that's really about mining, right? So we had this before when China came out last year that it wanted to shut down all Bitcoin mining and it did affect Bitcoin negatively because, well, you can't efficiently produce these coins, you got to go elsewhere. That's a disruption uh, impact on, on the Bitcoin price. And that does show the limitation of Bitcoin in terms of its you know, how it has to depend on, on mining and how that whole process works. But there's also this thought about that the broader uh, markets in terms of financial conditions, as we say, are tightening in anticipation of the fact that Bitcoin is more particularly sensitive to it. And I come down to more of this that, no, this is more to do with the fact that you have alternatives now to Bitcoin, as you mentioned, uh, other cryptos, but also the NFT market is picking up. OK, so let me jump in because I'm running out of time. So what you're saying is it's just been diluted. The market, um, there's just different ways to do it. 
been diluted, but that the enthusiasm about crypto remains? Yeah, for sure. I don't think that that is diffused at all. So it's just a, a, a pullback here. So there's more scope for rally. It's just not going to be these maybe two, three hundred percent gains that we've seen in the past. But I think that the seventy-five, eighty thousand dollar high for Bitcoin is very much in the cards this year. Ah, all right, Ben Emmons. Nice to see you. Happy New Year to you. Love when you're able to come on the show with us and great chat here about jobs, the economy, Fed, crypto. Until next time, Ben Emmons. Thank you so much. Good to see you. you, Ben Emmons of Medley Global Advisors. Thanks.